our topic tonight from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 32, So Beside All Waters. This chapter is kind of an uh, overview chapter of a lot of the chapters that we've seen so far, a lot of the topics we've been seeing over the last several uh, weeks. Uh, starting verse 1, 30, chapter 32, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, a prince will rule with justice. A man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest, as a river of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Now we've seen a lot of songs, a lot of songs have come out of the book of Isaiah. And we even did a service here uh, where the whole service was songs from Isaiah. I mean the whole service, not just the sermon time. The liturgy time, the music time, the whole entire service was just songs. Well, we left a few out by accident. Uh, we looked at one just the other week. And then here's another one that we didn't do in that night uh, of a song. We'll play it tonight after the, after the sermon. Um, another song that's based on this verse uh, that uh, that's put to music. Powerful verse. I said, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness. Who is that righteous king? Hey, who is the righteous one, right? The Lord God, the Almighty, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the righteous one, the Lord, our righteousness. The king will reign in righteousness. So he's right from the start in this chapter. He's pointing us forward to the time where God will reign throughout the universe. He's reigning throughout the universe, except in this one place. A little think of a planet. Uh, but he will reign, even on this earth, in righteousness. And princes will rule with justice. Right? And so we, he will make us princes and kings with him and, and sit us on thrones with him. And we will rule with him in justice with him. And uh, verse 2, uh, a man, that same man, will be as a hiding place. Not the men, a man will be as a hiding place from the wind. So this righteous Lord, this righteous king, he is also a sure rock, a, a, a block from the winds, the, the tempest, the problems that come our ways. A man will be as a hiding place, will be able to hide behind him. And there's a hurricane coming through, <laughs> and we can hide behind him, and he will protect us from the storms of life. A cover from the tempest as rivers of water in a dry place. He'll satisfy our soul and as a shadow of a rock in a weary land. And uh, that may be a little bit hard for us to picture here in Florida, uh, but in Israel, it gets dry heat and some desert places, and, you know, it can be so hot during the day, in the middle of the day in summertime. Uh, I mean, like here, but we don't have any rocks that we can hide behind here is the difference here in Florida. We get the heat. <laughs> we get some palm trees maybe you can hide under, uh, but there's a desert spots out there where you'd hide under a rock to cool to be cool you know some rock outcrop or something like that some cave you can go into and cool off from the midday heat and so he's a shadow of a rock in a weary land and so as we go through the deserts of this life and the problems of this life he is that rock he is that solid rock he is that shadow he is the cooling stream he is the breeze he is the river of water that satisfies our soul. He protects us from the storms of life. He is the Lord, our righteousness. 
He is our king. We are his princes and princesses as we allow him to rule over us and rule. So he will see us through life. He will see us through the troubles of life. Hey, whether dry or whether weary or whether storm or whatever you're going through right now. Right? You might be going through some storm. You may be having some problems coming at you like wind just continuously. And we know those here, right? Hurricanes. And the wind can come through and just for hours and hours just beating against us. So maybe you're going through some attacks right now that are coming at you. And maybe coming at you from all sides. Right? I remember one year, you know, a number of years back, we had hurricanes and and the hurricane was coming, and the tree in my backyard, it was blowing and blowing and blowing, and the tree was like this, and it wasn't going back. I mean, it was just laying there. But then when the storm passed, you know, then the winds, you get the other side of the winds, and it pushed it, and it, you know, it went the other way. And then by the time it left, it straightened itself out, fortunately, you know. But, uh, you know, so you might be getting hit with storms from all sides, in all different directions right now. Hide under the Lord. Come to the Lord. Let him shield you from the attack. He will be your hiding place. Our hiding place. Or maybe you're going through some dry spell in your life. Maybe it's dry financially. Maybe, maybe some friends have dried up. Maybe your job has dried up. Maybe your situation has changed. Maybe you used to have bounty and now you're in a straight place. Or you had lots of friends and somehow all your Facebook guys left you. You know, uh, you know and you're in a dry place. Or maybe dry spiritually. Hey, you've been on some mountaintop experiences, but now it just kind of seems like you're just kind of coasting along and just don't seem to have that same zeal of the Lord and just seem to be in a dry place in your life. To have a longing, some type of emptiness, a weary land where there's nothing and there doesn't seem to be any, any nourishment, any crops, any, any shade, any greenery. You know, maybe you're going through a weary place in your life and just the outlook seems dismal, maybe just kind of depressing, and maybe kind of... Um, Despair is overtaking you. Come to the Lord. Come to the righteous king. Hide under him. Sit still under him. Let him hide you and cover you with the shadow of his wings. Let him hold you in his arms. Let him minister to you. And just sit still under him. Sit under his shade. Hide behind him. Drink of him. Partake of him. Let him minister to you. And let him work in your life. Verse 3. The eyes of those who see will not be dim. The ears of those who hear will listen. And also the heart of the rash will understand knowledge and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. Right? So he's foreshadowing the new heavens and new earth which we read about the other week. When the Stammering tongues will no longer stammer, where the deafening ears will be open, where the, the dimming eyes will be able to see. I, mean, I, I can't wait to, you know, to see how we'll be able to see in heaven. Right? Eagles and these other birds that can see you know, miles and see a little bug or a little rat, a little mouse, and zoom, you know, or a fish, and zoom down from way up and see that thing. You know, I mean, I can't even read anymore. I mean, you know, just, to be able to be seen for miles. And why don't we? That's another testimony to me. Evolution doesn't. You know, why didn't we get eyes like that? Right? If a bird, a dumb bird's got a brain, you know, he's got eyes like that. Why didn't we get eyes like that? If we've all evolved and we're the top of the evolutionary chain, we should have eyes like that. You know, we should have ears better than dogs, you know, that can hear and hear all kinds of sounds and, you know, and all these kinds of things. But we will. We'll be able to hear 
be able to hear the Lord's voice, we'll be able to see the Lord face to face. Our eyes will no longer be dim. We'll no longer see through like a glass, a shadow, a, a, a dim glass, a frosted over glass, but we'll see clearly. No longer cataracts and looking at the Lord. We'll be able to see him clearly. We'll be able to see the Lord, hear his voice, and we'll listen. We'll understand, and all our understanding, like, you know, here we got our doubts, and why, God, why, 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 why are you allowing me to go through this, why this, why that problem, why this situation? We'll have understanding. We have liberty to speak, and we'll speak plainly. Heaven will be a wonderful place for all eternity. Verse 5, but the flip side, the foolish person will no longer be called generous nor the miser said to be bountiful. For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. In other words, God's going to pull back the curtains, pull back the masks. He's going to expose the wicked for what they really are in their foolishness. Right? And so in society today, we, we puff up all these foolish people. We put them on pedestals, you know, so they can memorize a line, they can act, or they can kick a football, or you know, some other thing, and and and, and we make them heroes and give them millions of dollars, uh, and you know, they might be totally debased and totally immoral. They might not be. They might be godly too, you know, but uh, but we base it on nothing, and, and so but it's all going to be exposed. It's all going to be exposed for who they really are. For everyone in this world, everything will be seen. Even ourselves, right? It's all going to be exposed. Whatever is hidden, it will be revealed. As if we're hiding any sin, if we're hiding any pride, if we're hiding any foolishness, if we're hiding any greediness, any misery, and, and, uh, and lying about our generosity, it's all going to be exposed. Right? And so now's the time to uh, be right with God. Get it all cleared up with God. Get our records clear before God. Because when He exposes it, his eye sees it. It comes up in the judgment. Yeah, it's over. We can't lie about it. We can't twist it. You know, we can't say, well, that was a long time ago, and it might have been a long time ago, but if it hasn't been repented of, it's still on the record. Right? So we need to get it all cleaned up now for the Lord because it's all going to be exposed. And that's what it's saying. The foolish person will no longer be called generous. It's going to be called foolish. It's going to be exposed for what he really is in the judgment. Verse 7, the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaks justice. From the contrast, a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. And so as we've seen over and over in Isaiah, he presents this contrast between those who are walking with the Lord and those who are not. Now, all of us, all of us are born sinners. All of us are born under Satan's control. All of us were born with greedy, selfish hearts and minds. None of us were born generous. None of us. Born to take, 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 take. Selfish, greedy in our relationships. Without the Lord, we don't even know how to love. Love is about giving. Love is about loving the other person. What about what can I get out of this relationship? 
but the transformation that God does. That's the power of God's word. That the world doesn't know, that the world can't even understand. And I'm talking even a lot of Bible-professed believing people. Don't believe that God can transform, that God can change a life, that God can change someone who, who, was, who was angry and, and violent, that God can change them and make them peaceful and happy and pleasant. But God can take our selfish hearts and change us so that we're actually generous, truly generous from the inside out. And that process happens by us confessing to the Lord, God, I hate you. God, I am enmity against you. God, I was born sinful. I was born in rejecting you. My natural nature is to reject you. My natural nature is to take for myself and not to give to you or to give to anyone else. I confess that I'm foolish. I confess that I'm greedy. Confess them whatever sin. And go down the list. And then accept the Lord's death in our behalf that has taken our sinfulness and has put it upon himself and has died for us and us died with him. That carnal nature, those carnal desires die with him. And then ask him to give us a new life, a new mind, new heart. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. And then he begins to live his life in us and out of us. And thus his character is manifested. And he is generous. The Lord, God so loved the world, he gave. God's expression of love is giving, and we see that over and over again. He gave his only begotten son. And when he's living in us, we become givers. We become generous. Trusting in the Lord. Loving the Lord. And loving others. Generous with our time. Generous with our talents. Generous with our demonstrations of appreciation. Generous, loving, kind, peaceful, just, true, righteous. And so he transforms us. Again, the contrast. There's only going to be these two groups in the end. God's going to expose the wicked for what they are and allow their wickedness to just go unchecked. And there'll be the righteous that stand. Verse 11, tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent ones. Strip yourselves, make yourselves bare, and gird sackcloth on your waist. People shall mourn upon their breast for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. So God gives a warning. To all those out there, tremble, they're at ease, complacent. Oh, we're okay, I'm okay, you're okay, leave me alone. I'm fine, don't, don't preach to me, we're all okay, God loves us, God loves us all, we're all God's children, and it's complacent, we're just happy, I'm okay like this, you know, I'm pretty good, I'm better than you, I'm better than others, it's just complacent. I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing, it's good, I'm good. God knows my heart, God's so good, he would never destroy us all. Complacent. Revelation describes it as Laodiceans. But he says, but you're blind, miserable, naked, blind, miserable, blind, miserable, and naked. And worst of all, say again? Wretched, poor, blind, miserable, and naked. Right, thank you. And worst of all, and knoweth it not. <laughs> no, we don't even know it because we're complacent. We think we're okay. It's like that story of the king in his new clothing, right? He's walking around naked and he thinks he, you know, has his wonderful clothes on. So some little kid goes, hey, he's naked, <laughs> you know? 
So we think we're okay. But we're not. And God can expose it all. And so he says, tremble. Be troubled. Wake up. Bear yourselves. Strip yourselves. Confess. Surrender. Gird yourself with sackcloth. Repentance. Confession. Sorrow for our sins. Sorrow for the way we are. And then it says, people will mourn on the breast for the pleasant field, for the fruitful vine, because it's going to be gone. They're going to be longing. Remember when we had those pleasant fields? Remember when we had the fruitful vine? As it says in the next verse, verse 13, and on the lands of my people will come up thorns and briars. Yes, on all their happy homes in the joyous city, because the palaces will be forsaken the bustling city will be deserted. The forts and towers will become liars forever. A joy of the wild donkeys and a pasture of flocks. We're going to be desolate. The city's desolate, these joyous cities, happy cities. It's going to be desolate. The bustling city is going to be deserted forever. God comes through and decimates the place. As again, we've seen in many other texts. Come through and this whole world will be desolate. Destroys this planet. Empties this planet. Becomes a deserted land. They long for pleasant fields and the pleasant trees. It'll all be gone. Thorns and briars and all burned up. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. The wilderness then becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Right? So this earth as it is today, wicked and righteous, and the Lord comes, he gives his warning, repent, refuse the warning, everything is exposed. He comes, the Lord comes, separates the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares, the righteous and the wicked, we could have like the, the wheat, the tares, brought into the bundles and burned up. The righteous taken, like the wheat, brought into the barns, kept and taken to heaven. And the earth becomes a desolate place. Until the Spirit is poured out. Until God then recreates the new heavens and new earth. And then the, what was the wilderness? This earth that was then a wilderness becomes a fruitful field. Right? In order to make a new heavens and a new earth, he's got to destroy the old, this current heaven and this current earth. That only makes sense. Right? So we don't go from this life to, to uh, three and a half years or seven years or a thousand years and then to the Lord. No, there's got to be a time period when he destroys this earth, lays it desolate in order to make a new earth. Right? You've got to remodel a house down to scratch, residents got to get out <laughs> for a time, you know? It's got been condemned, they got to get out, you got to gut the whole place, and that's what God's going to do. And he's going to start over from scratch. And that wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field becomes a forest. Everything much more. God does much more. Verse 16, and then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field because we've got that righteous king. And the work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, 
quietness and assurance forever. Again, he's talking about heaven. Forever in quietness and peace. And we see righteousness, right? Justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remains in the fruitful field. Righteousness the theme here. Three times. The work of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness. And so the work of righteousness, God's work, righteous work in us, will give us peace. We'll be able to be at peace when the tempest, when the winds, when the storms come at us, because we'll be hiding under the Lord, our righteous King. The effects of righteousness will be quietness and assurance forever. Be assured the water will be sure in the dry and thirsty place. I have a shadow over us. God's presence over us. An illustration there also to the wilderness experience coming out of Egypt, going through the cloud by day and the water and the fire by night and the water out of the rock. God providing for us. God will provide. He will give us peace of mind now. We accept his righteousness, as we accept his promise, as we accept his peace. We experience the peace now and then forever. The righteousness now. The quietness and assurance now. That's what true faith is. Faith in the experiences of God. Experiencing his power now. We don't have to wait to heaven to start experiencing heaven. If we wait till heaven to experience heaven, we never get to experience heaven. We've got to start experiencing it now. We're going to go through that cleansing process, the removal of sin, and allow God to fill us with his peace now. Fill us with his righteousness now. Fill us with his generosity now. Fill us with his character now. Fill us with his quietness now. And give us assurance. True faith. Believing in him. Trusting in him. Forever starts now. And if we experience forever now, we never really die. It's those who refuse to experience God's peace, God's quietness, God's grace, God's goodness, that don't get to experience forever. Verse 18, My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, in quiet resting places, Though hail comes down on the forest, the city is brought low. So there again, he has the heaven contrasted to the destruction of the wicked. God's people will dwell in a peaceful habitation. He takes us to the new heaven, takes us to the new Jerusalem. Secure dwellings in God's walls, restful places, while he destroys this earth. So he takes that righteousness, which would be peace, and that righteousness which makes us secure, and that righteousness which gives us assurance and quietness, and he then puts it together. That's where we dwell. We live in that experience. And people dwell in peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, in quiet resting places. So you don't need a, um, a gated 55 and older community to experience God's peaceful habitation, God's secure dwelling, God's quiet resting place. 
We can experience that everywhere and anywhere. I remember when I first became a believer, I, I uh, met a guy, became friends, and, and he had this jacket that someone painted on the back of his jacket. And it was this picture, and the outsides of the painting were just kind of dark and uh, cityscape and cloudy, and there were all these kind of faces that were kind of like shadowy faces, just kind of black and white, and, and uh, they didn't look happy faces. They weren't happy faces, and uh, all troubled. And but then right in the middle, walking right down the street between this cityscape, right down the middle was this, was this guy. You see the back of him. He's walking. He had a flute, right? So you could see the flute over his shoulder. He's blowing this flute, and this music is, you know, and this light and brightness is all around him. And, and on the back of his thing, he had some kind of Bible thing or something like that, you know. And, and so here he's walking right through the problems and the dust and the dirt and the darkness. But he's happy and joyful and at peace. And that depicts our walk here in this earth, in this dark planet, walking through with peace and the quietness, right? So it's not a place. It's an experience. We don't go looking for that, right? It's not moving to Hawaii or, you know, to Alaska or North Pole or Antarctic to try and get away. You know, it's not sitting in some totem pole and in, in somewhere to try and, you know, get away from it all so I don't sin. Living in a cave somewhere. That's not the quiet place, right? You know, because the problem with that, trying to get rid of, get away from all the problems of this world, all the people in this world, boss and spouse, all the headaches in this world, trying to get rid of them, I have to go find some little island to live on. Um, I mean, you got rid of the phone and rid of all that stuff. You got rid of it all. Don't they hear it all? No radio, nothing, no more. The problem is, is that we brought ourselves with us. And that's the real problem, you see. That we need to get rid of ourselves. And the only way to do that is to surrender again to the Lord and let him take and when we have him, we'll be able to have that peace no matter what situation we're going through. No matter what's going on around us. We'll be, my people will dwell in a peaceful habitation. We'll be peaceful. We'll be secure. We'll be in a quiet resting place in the Lord. He is the hiding place. He is the place. You want to know that secure community? You want to know that happy community? You want to know that place to go and get away from it all? He, the Lord our righteousness, Yeshua the Messiah, He is the resting place. He is the hiding place. Hide in Him. And you'll be at peace. And be secure. And then verse 20, Blessed are you who so beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. So he contrasts the righteous and the wicked, contrasts the destruction of the wicked and the destruction of this world, and the peace and joy and the happiness and rest of the righteous. Then he concludes with commending us and reminding us and commissioning us to sow beside all waters. See, the righteous don't go looking for a hiding place to hide from the world. 
John the Immerser, right, dressed in sackcloth and ashes, but he went to the people and he preached to the people. He wasn't just hiding away. God hid Elijah away for three and a half years. But prior to that, he was talking to the king, and then right after that, he's talking again. God's people don't hide from the world. Right? We don't just make friends with those who believe just like us. We don't come to services to hide from the rest of the world. We come to be charged up to go back out into the world and to sow beside all water. Right? So we don't go looking for a community. We don't buy some plot of land and then just us live there. Make our own little ghetto of believers. God hasn't called us to that. God has called us to live in the world and to witness to the world and to sow wherever we go. So we can warn them, so we give them an opportunity to come to the Lord. So that others can be saved. And that's what the Lord's waiting on. Gives us this picture of heaven, this peace and quiet place where the Lord is our righteousness. We reign as princes with him. Where the deaf will hear and the blind will see. The lame will walk and run. And he invites us to bring other people with us. He says, you want to go there? It's not full yet. Go on to the highways and byways and fill up my house. There's still a seat at the table. We're all sitting here waiting for the meal. And he's not serving the meal until we go out and bring in the lost soul. God calls us to go and reach the lost. Sow the seed. Beside all waters, beside all waters, everywhere we go, sowing the seed, passing the word, sharing the good news, telling everyone we come in contact with of God's goodness, God's love, of heaven, of a peaceful place, of a peaceful habitation. I wish take out an ad. Peaceful how to go. Peaceful habitation. Now we got a peaceful habitation, secure dwellings, and quiet resting places. Call this number, right? We'll get flooded with calls. How much is it, right? Where, where is it? That's what we're looking for. That's what we all desire. That's what we all want. And God will give that to us as we trust in him, as we surrender to him, as we bear our souls before him, and give our lives fully and completely to him. And so if that's something you're d desiring now, again, if you're going through a storm or a dry place or a troubled place or a difficult time in your life, hide in him. Come to him. God's convicting you of selfishness and greed and caring only about yourself. Again, if we're filled with him, we're blessed by him, we'll be sowing to others because we will love others. Be generous to others. Be generous with the word of God to others. Be giving to others what God has blessed us with. We'll share with others what God has done for us. And so if you've been withholding that from others, you have, haven't had a burden for the lost, you haven't cared about the lost, you don't care about your neighbor, people at work, you haven't told them about the Lord. That's what I mean by caring. Care about them. Tell them about the Lord. You want God to give you 
word in season. Give you boldness to speak. Boldness to hand them track, that invitation, that card. Go forth and sow the seed. And the reason that we don't sow is because we're not experiencing it. We become complacent. We become happy with where we're at. I feel okay. I feel like I'm better than others. I feel secure. I've got this promise of heaven. I'm around other people that I like, that believe like me. I don't feel the need to tell other people. We've got a false security there. When we're truly experiencing the peace and joy, we can't hold it in. When we're truly experiencing that safe place, that safe haven, when we're truly experiencing that hiding place, when we're truly experiencing that communion with God that gives us that, that quiet peace, that joy, that inner joy through the trouble of this world, it just has to come out. It can't be held in. It won't be held in. And so, just an indication, God's Spirit hasn't filled us yet. The Spirit of the Lord hasn't come upon us. There must be some area that we're still holding back. Some area that we're still holding on to. That we haven't surrendered all. So as we pray, whatever you need is, again, maybe you're going through a struggle. The Lord went through struggles. That's, we're going to go through struggles no matter what. We can hide in Him. You're fearful, worried, careful, filled with cares. You need his peace. You need his presence. You need his assurance. That's going to fill you. You're going through a dry place, difficult place, empty place. Maybe you've had a deep experience with the Lord, but it's leveled off and come contemplate. Ask him to revive you. We pray together. Or if there's someone God's calling you to witness to and you know it, ask him to pave the way and prepare the way. And if you haven't been sowing aside all still waters, ask God to make you a missionary for him. Or whatever else God's speaking to your heart about tonight. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we praise your holy name, Lord, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift that you gave to Isaiah, gave to Isaiah and the visions you gave to him. And Lord, thank you for sharing it with us. Lord, make us like you. Thank you for being our hiding place. Thank you for being our king. Thank you for being righteous. Thank you for being willing to share that with us. And thank you for filling us with your righteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all sin. Cleanse us from our selfish, greedy, proud, pride, proudful heart. Wash us clean. Fill us with your spirit, with your mind, with your life. Give us a peaceful, restful assurance and trust in you. And use us in sharing it with others beside all water. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen.